We're in a battle for America's soul. Liberty is at risk. It's time to speak up. Welcome to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot. Brooke says, for years, Brooke's been behind the scenes, helping conservative leaders articulate a vision for a better America. Now, she's front and center, and the mic is hot. Here is your host, Brooke says. Hello, hello. Welcome to Brooke Talks America, where we discuss politics and culture from an unapologetically conservative perspective. I like to mention that as always, because you'll get no squishy rhinos here. I promise you. I am your host, Brooke says, conservative patriot, proud, deplorable, because I love my president and columnist on brooktalksamerica.com. That's Brooke with an E. Make sure you connect on the interwebs uh, for right now until we get kicked off or until we just bug out. We're on Facebook, Twitter, email. You can email info at brooktalksamerica.com, the website, as you know. If you'd like to sponsor uh, and become a partner with the show, let me know. There is a donate button. We do have some new merch on the site. I'm here with my co-host, Colonel Jim Warshuk, who is the former deputy Director for Intelligence at U.S. Central Command, served on the White House National Security Council, currently serves as the Hillsborough County, Florida GOP chairman. And you can check out his articles on his Facebook page whenever he writes them. Uh, so from Hot Topics to History, you know the deal. You can be sure if it's happening in America. And there is a lot. I will be talking about it. You can listen to archived podcasts of this show on my website, brooktalksamerica.com. Also, I'm on Captain's America Third Watch every Tuesday morning at 5.30 a.m. Colonel Jim is also on Wednesday mornings at 5 a.m. Both on this station, Salem Media Group are on AM860, The Answer. My podcast is available on iHeartRadio, very easy to get, Spotify, and Podomatic. So I do have an article this week. It is Why America Needs Trump. You know why? He's brash, he's bold, he's politically incorrect and often indelicate. He's an alpha male braggart who disrupts the delicate, pearl-clenching sensitivities of both the left and the right when the things that he says, sometimes in a way which gives even his staunchest supporters the vapors but he says not only what is true but what needs to be said and he has the courage most importantly to stand up to the heat he gets for doing so and that's exactly why i and his millions at least 80 million i'm sure of supporters love him and why america needs him check it out on my website and share with your fellow patriots we definitely need four more years of president donald trump to help save the country so let's get to the jelly here's the um the deal today is that my guest is actually my co-host, Colonel Jim Warshuk. He's doing double duty today. So I know I read a little bit, but here's a little expanded bio on Colonel Warshuk. He's a retired U.S. Air Force colonel serving a 30-year career as a senior strategic intelligence and special mission intelligence offer and pl- officer and political military affairs officer with expertise in strategic intelligence, strategic reconnaissance, policy, and asymmetric warfare. He has served combat and combat-supported tours in Grenada, Panama, Afghanistan, and Iraq, and covert clandestine operational contingencies in Central America and the Caribbean, Eastern Europe, the Middle East, Central Asia, and Africa. An easy translation for that is covert ops. He served as strategic and special missions intelligence officer assigned to multiple tier one units at JSOC, was assigned to the CIA's asymmetric warfare task force and numerous classified deployments and missions conducting special missions operations. He served at the JCS joint staff as chief of PSYOP 
which is psychological operations, as well as the DIA. Uh, he also worked with General Flynn as the deputy director for intelligence under him uh, for at U.S. Central Command. And he was also vice president and special OPSEC at the Special OPSEC Foundation. He continues in as an advisor and s- consultant pr- providing strategic special mis- mission, asymmetric warfare, and terrorism to senior officials. He is a national security columnist for multiple publications as well as radio and TV. And as you know, he is our co-host. He also was the first military officer in Florida to endorse President Trump as a national security president. And as I mentioned before, he's also the chairman of the Hillsborough County GOP. So, Jim, welcome so much to the show as the guest as well as the co-host. Well, it's always a pleasure to work with Brooke on her phenomenal radio show uh, that just does everything when we get to culture and politics and put put them into perspective where people can easily understand what's going on. So thanks for the opportunity again. Yep, you're doing double duty, as I said. So, Jim, of course, there's, there's you know, lots going on, but there's really one thing going on because we are in perpetual purgatory over the election. Talk about the election, a.k.a. which we call the steal. And it was a steal. If you're listening and you're a Democrat, it was a steal. Okay, Uh, And the recounts state by state and your opinion on what's going on with each of them. Well, I want to break it down into two areas and how this is being um, analyzed as well as how um, the Trump campaign and those who are working to show that there was rampant and it was rampant voter and election fraud on on multiple levels. Um, The first Thing I want to, and I want to use this term because I think it fits uh, quite well for what was going on. It's a term called being a military person. It's a term called gun decking, and gun decking is officially a naval term that mostly is associated with intentional falsification falsification of official records. And if that isn't the best word to describe what happened mm-hmm. here in this election, uh, it also is associated with piling on of false narratives and false information. And, gee, isn't that what the left has done to President Trump for the last four years, is just piled on tons and tons of misinformation. Propaganda. Propaganda, lies, what have you. Uh, So it's a perfect... It's a perfect culmination of how this election came about. So there's two ways we're looking at this, and we see President Trump's team led by Rudy Giuliani, who is going after each state from the standpoint of election uh, balloting, uh, false ballots. Uh, you know, you hear about the false votes. You hear about in, in the middle of the night. Not letting them check not letting and them oversee. Check, not letting them check, not letting them oversee, keeping distances from the observers, the election workers and watchers who were supposed to be um, monitoring how the vote was tabulated and counted. And the other is the cyber aspect of it. And we hear the name Dominion being used, which is, which is an election um, tabulation system that has been widespread, has has had widespread use in U.S. elections. And Smartmatic. And Smartmatic, as well as foreign elections, which brings into the question, were these systems used overseas to to uh, calculate the vote and tabulate the vote and determine 
how many more votes did did uh, Biden need? Because we went into the election, and by 10 o'clock at night, on election night, Donald Trump was well in the lead across pretty much most of the states. and partic- All the states that are in recount now, he was ahead yeah, massively. Exactly. In the five or six states where the recounts are going on now, it was a massive lead. So the question comes to mind, how did this happen? Did did uh, Dominion say, okay, here's how many votes you're behind Joe Biden. You need to fill in the blanks with the fraudulent votes, and that's what's going on. So you have Sidney Powell, and everybody knows Sidney Powell, Mike Flynn's um, lawyer who has been working really hard to Amazing. get him, get his case dropped more than anything. And we're, we're glad that President Trump pardoned him as a last-ditch move but it's near, really not what we wanted. I think she would eventually have won this uh, hands down, uh, had time. And, and, and who knows what's going to happen going into uh, President Trump's second term. And I do say President Trump's second term because the fraud in this election is, again, so rampant. Um, I like to mention one person. His name is Matt Brainerd, who was um, President Trump's 2016 election campaign guy who handled the the vote effort he's now totally on board and is doing massive research along the lines of what Rudy Giuliani is doing he's working with the Rudy, Rudy Giuliani Giuliani team he says he has uncovered enough evidence to easily show the election results were in favor of Trump so this is part of what we're seeing Sidney Powell is going after the deep dive into the election fraud by criminal criminal side, particularly with regard to Dominion and how that aspect of this was handled. So you really have two fronts going on. And, of course, earlier in the week we heard the big brouhaha that the Trump team dropped Sidney Powell. No, she never really was on board as a paid employee of the Trump team. She was doing this on her own. But she was doing a deeper dive, as you mentioned, into the criminal activity. So we have the criminal aspect of it, criminality aspect of it, and we have the voter fraud by the states. And so the next thing we're going to look, we're looking at, and we're going to talk about is how each state uh, is playing out in it, in what's going on. So from that standpoint, you know, we can go into Arizona. Uh, the Trump team uh, is heading out there Monday. Uh, Jenna Ellis, who is leading Trump's legal team, is is leading that effort, which will take place Monday, and and they will be working uh, to convince the state's legislature. Yeah, is that the, is that the state that? Uh, let me see. Fox News called early before it called even Florida when he won massively. Oh yes, uh, sorry, I just had to interject that to remind everybody not to watch Fox. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and that's a that's a critical point to that really started this whole thing going. Yeah. Um, and, and in fact, some people have said. In retrospect, it's kind of good that Fox did it because they let the cat out of the bag of what was what was to come. Hold that thought because we're going to we're going to get into the other states. Here's another thing I just want to remind everybody is that this steal does not happen without some help from the establishment. And I mean the establishment in both parties. You're listening to Brook Talks America. I'm here with Colonel Jim and we will be right back. More Brook Talks America coming up. 
Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Check out the blog at brooktalksamerica.com. Here's Brooke Says. Hello, welcome back to Brooke Talks America. Um, before we get into the other states and everything, I just want to show, I wanted you to listen to these clips. We have one from Dan Bongino's show. This is when the media, you know, this is when the media was actually concerned about the voting software because it would affect Democrats. So here's one from his show, and this is also CBS from 2016 talking about it. Here's just a little quick, brief video of left-leaning media outlets promoting the idea that hacking, election fraud, or susceptible machines to fraud could have been an issue. Uh, but when they said it, it was cool. But now, again, Trump team brings it up. Check this out. Also going to this directory, VinVote. I'm just going to press demo, and then I will have control. And now you've successfully broken into the I am, I've successfully, I have broken into And you could actually, at this point, you would actually have access to the voter database. Yes. The stunt pointed to a real problem. American voting machines are old and vulnerable. And so the combination of seeing the incredible vulnerabilities and the lack of institutional action around the security of the vote, all of that made for an extremely alarming weekend. Software is easily replaced in a computer, so somebody can replace it with fraudulent software that lies about who won. NBC, Fusion, CNBC, and ProPublica none of which are conservative media outlets at all. There are worries that a cyber attack could influence voting results in November. Those fears were heightened by a report from the Brennan Center for Justice. It shows significant hacking vulnerabilities for computerized voting machines with little being done about it. Joining us with more on that is Dan Ackerman, senior editor at CNET. Dan, good morning. It certainly feels like this is the year of the hack. It does. You could almost call this the year of the hack, but it's part of a longer trend line that goes back a few yep. years. And what we've seen especially is that government data and political data, whether it's the OPM data breach or the DNC emails, uh, it's a valuable target. So obviously the next step is the big prize would be you know, an election, especially when people start using words like rig and throwing that around. U.S. elections are, are locally run, thousands of different systems, varying degrees of security. Is that a good thing or a bad thing that it's split up like that? Yeah, the way we run elections here, it's very much on the local level. So every state and even cities within the state, they can have different types of electronic voting machines from different manufacturers running different software, different operating systems, updated and patched differently. Uh, If you ask any IT guy about that, they're going to say it's a nightmare. Yeah, so I just want to remind you of a couple things. One is make sure that your supervisor of elections is a conservative. Okay, they probably they'll have a much more likelihood to be honest and not cheat. The other thing is a reminder that the postal union endorsed who Joe Biden. There's nothing to look at there. So you saw in those both of those clips. Okay, so they were concerned only when they thought it would affect Democrats. And remember, in 2016, Trump was never supposed to win. So there was no way that they were going to. They were using that as a way to blame him or to say that he was going to question the results because they never thought he would win in the first place. But here is the last one. And this is even oh, blah, blah here with thrill up his legs. Chris Matthews. They're talking about mailing it, people mailing in their ballots. Do you trust the security, the honesty of such an election process? Well, I think we'd have to figure out uh, whether this was fraud proof. I mean, Oregon, for example, has a a terrific mail-in system, but they've already scanned everybody's signatures who's registered to vote so that they can check to make sure that, in fact, the right people are voting. Uh, And that's something that I think you'd have to figure out. Yeah, so 
remember, coronavirus, the pandemic, gave them the cover to do this. And this was obviously a really long, well thought out, diabolical plan, as we've talked about a lot a lot on this show. Okay, so Corona gave them that. You don't have to match signatures. They didn't want you to match signatures. And of course, at the end of the day, they always throw things like, oh, well, it's racist and it's voter suppression. No, it's called being honest. And a reminder that if you wanted to go see Obama in person, you'd have to have an ID. So why wouldn't you need one for a vote? It's all liberal hypocrisy. They just get away with everything, though, don't they? It's astonishing. Anyway, so so Jim, talk about the, the rest of the states and give us some hope, hopefully. <laughs> Let me just caveat that because you just made a really good point. Here's the thing you got to remember in this election, in any election. This is a binary function. It's black and white. There's no gray area. Either a vote was cast for one or a vote was cast for the other. There's no compromise. So that's how it works. Um, all this other fluff is is just pure BS. And as you said, this was planned. It was intentional. was deliberate to uh, implement massive voter fraud. And we're talking millions of votes. Um, so now we have... Lots of lawyers. This is this is a battle between lawyers in in the affected states: Arizona, Wisconsin, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania. And here's the other thing: you know, in a court of law, we're dealing with lots of different types of sworn testimony. And since when are affidavits no longer considered constitutional proof in a court of law? All of a sudden, when it might help, Trump. when it might help Donald <laughs> Trump. So of course. you can see, as you said, the hypocrisy. Of what's going on? And so, in Arizona, as we said on Monday, uh, Trump's team will be there, and their whole effort is to uh, reassert the authority under the law, under the Constitution, to appoint electors to the Electoral College. That's what's at play here, and this is going this is what's going on in each of the states so now let's look at wisconsin isn't it interesting that they caught 200,000 fraudulent votes stone cold cheating it's it's going to be brought forward uh during the audit and 200,000 and oh by the way joe biden margin really right now is 10,000 so when you have a 10,000-vote margin, and all of a sudden you find out there's 200,000 fraudulent votes there, I think that's going to change significantly here in the next few days, the next week. And I think, um, as as Steve Bannon and anybody listens, he talks about once one state falls, the rest will fall. And I think, um, for me, Wisconsin is going to be the tell-all, and this is probably going to happen, and then we'll see the other states say, "Uh uh-oh, We've got to do this. So, you know, we have Linwood down in Georgia, Sidney Powell in Georgia. They both uh, filed lawsuits along with the Trump team. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. And we're watching, you know, they're going to be doing an audit in Georgia, and that's that's going to be critical. The other critical aspect of Georgia is in January, on January 5th, we're going to have a critical vote for two Senate races, which will determine the outcome for the U.S. Senate. Um, we need really one vote there, uh, but this all hinge- better to have both. Better to have both, but this is all going to hinge on what's discovered in Georgia, and then again, Michigan. We've seen what's going on there. We have Sidney Powell who has filed lawsuits there along with the Trump campaign, and I think that's going to play out. Now, the real pivotal big state 
is going to be Pennsylvania. And we've seen, uh, you heard now, he's becoming very famous, Colonel and State Senator Doug Mastriano. Uh, in fact, he got invited to the White House for the phenomenal work he's mm-hmm. been doing there. And, and and it's thanks to him that he is revealing some of the uh, the real, real fraud that's going on. And in fact, Late last night, around 11 o'clock last night, this was pretty huge, Pennsylvania, a Pennsylvania judge ruled uh, the 2020 PA election was likely unconstitutional. The Trump case, uh, the likelihood of success looks really good, and he has given the state legislature uh, the power to choose the elector. So more is going to play out there, but this is really significant because this is going back and forth. Uh, in the states from the standpoint of of the judges. And you have to also remember, in many of these states, the judges are left-wing Democrats, mm-hmm. and they're going to make their calls. But remember, in all of these states, the state's legislatures are pretty solid conservative Republicans. So they're going to be the ones who make the call on the Electoral College and how they vote. And there's some conventional wisdom, so to speak, that it seems to indicate they're not going to go the way their states are set up to go, depending on uh, how the vote count and the audits go. They may uh, very well rule or very well uh, throw their votes towards President Trump. So, so much of this is very significant on how it plays out. Um, and then the main thing is, and then we have the dates that we have to look at, um, December 14th is when the states have to call their electoral votes. And then on January 6th, excuse me, is when the decision will be made on how those votes are presented to the U.S. Congress. So, And then we haven't even gotten into where the Supreme Court is going to play out because this eventually is going to go to the Supreme Court. And my my belief is it will it will come down in favor of the president there so there's lots of moving parts and pieces that have to play out over the next several weeks going into uh january 20th well i want to i want to talk about that too actually because uh you know and we get into it is that um CNN is actually, you're talking about the Electoral College, CNN is actually <clears throat> tweeting out, and they've made videos about it. Van Jones made a video, like, it was either last week or a couple weeks ago, talking about this exact same thing. Fareed Zakaria has a video out, and he's talking about that. And they're basically setting it up and, and positioning it like, well, you... Trump didn't win the Electoral College, and he, did, and he didn't win the popular vote, but he could still win because of the Constitution. First of all, that is actually true. I think that that I personally think that that would be really horrible for the country. I think that and I and I hope it doesn't go that way. I hope what really happens is that by exposing all this fraud, you know, you mentioned earlier is Pennsylvania, that uh, conference in Pennsylvania, that that Zoom call was pretty devastating when they saw all of the uh, you know, you talked about Mastriano when they saw all of the evidence and they they it, ha- it was on video. Trump actually called in. Everybody was really excited. But there were audible gasps in the call when they showed about the switching that had happened. So hopefully it won't turn out like that. You say, like you say, one of them will fall because it's not it's not because you want to set up that the state legislature state legislators elect the president. I believe this in my whole heart and soul. President Trump was elected on November 3rd as president of the United States. 
This election is not going to be, quote unquote, overturned. It is going to be acknowledged and it's and certified that he actually won. Not that they're going to take it away from Joe Biden and give it to him. He already won. It's just going to be acknowledged that he won proven that he won, proven that fraud occurred by Dominion, by these with these affidavits. And again, we have to say, you know, most of the left is lawyers, too. So they they all love being lawyers. They're going to they're going to deny what is actually in front of their face, which affidavits are sworn testimony upon penalty of perjury, jail time, people. Okay, you can go to jail for lying under under oath. So they have sworn affidavits. They have evidence. And one of the, you know, before we uh, go to break, I want to play this audio. Sydney Powell, who's amazing. She we had her earlier this year speaking at the Republican um, Executive Committee meeting. And she talks about pictures of the check stubs paid to people to ballot harvest. So let's hear that clip. We've got pictures of the check stubs paid to people to um, ballot harvest and and do fraudulent voting. So this this year was every means and manner of fraud that you can possibly imagine and many that you could never imagine. So how many fraudulent votes do you think that uh, Joe Biden had on his side of the uh, slate? Uh, Probably at least 10 million. 10 million fraudulent votes? Probably. And how many? Maybe more. And... President Trump lost 7 million votes, and and how many dead people, how many votes of dead people were, were cast, do you think? Um, we're still tracking down that data to see if what we've been provided is real, but if it is correct, it's uh, several million. Yeah, and not just that, by the way, this is really sick. They went in, demo- keep in mind, you know, uh, several years ago when Andrew Breitbart was still alive, he and James O'Keefe exposed ACORN, which is the community organizing apparatus that was under Obama, and they got they were defunded because it was exposed. This is what community organizing does, okay? It's part of Get Out the Vote. So it's a total racket, and it's paid for by you, the taxpayer, the hardworking taxpayer. It's really sick. But what they did, two things that they did that was so sick, they went into nursing homes and dementia units, and somehow they managed to have those people sign ballots. The other thing that they did is they went to people who have mental illness and they had them sign ballots. So there is no end, no limit to the amount of corruption, the perverse corruption that the Democrats will use to win elections. They did not win this election. I pray that it's uncovered, but it's really sick what they've been willing to do. And they knew, you know, Jim talks about this a lot. They knew that President Trump was going to win overwhelmingly. In February, President Trump would have probably had 500 uh, electoral votes, maybe not uh, California. And I have to say, I even believe that there's questions in California. Okay, so there's a lot of stuff going on. And uh, before I just want to say really quickly before, because I know that this caused a lot of freaking out and I got upset, as a matter of fact, myself, people were freaking out that Trump allowed the Biden team to use GSA funds to start the quote unquote transition team. Just really quickly explain that you don't think that it was a big deal and actually you think it could hurt him in the long run. Why is that? Well, GSA is the federal government's custodial organization. It's there to take care of government property, make sure that rents are paid for those organizations and private businesses that 
use the government buildings. They're there to make sure the grounds of those buildings are maintained and that the buildings are maintained, the plumbing works and everything. And they do a lot of administrative stuff for the federal government. The GSA has no say whatsoever in determining the outcome of an election. There's a lot of people who put a lot of credence into saying by the virtue that the president says, yeah, the GSA can start doing some basic stuff is an indication that the president has conceded. And that's totally false, has nothing to do with it. Um, This this is a effort on the part of the Democrats. And in fact, I might even go as far as saying maybe President Trump says, okay, you want to play this game? Yeah, GSA, you can do some of the little things that the Democrats need um, for their for their so-called elected candidate. But the laugh's going to be on him in the long run. I think um, it's an, a lot to do about nothing because it's not. And that's just how I look at it. Okay. And the other thing is Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood have been tweeting a lot of really aggressive. By the way, they are staunch conservative Christians. And I think that that's going to be something that's – a lot on social media right now as people are talking about that. And, and uh, General Flynn is also, uh, you know, conservative Christian. They have been tweeting a lot of really aggressive things, including Bible verses and everything like that. And isn't it awesome to see conservatives actually fight like Trump does? Wouldn't it be great if the Republican Party fought like them and, and people like, you know, Giuliani and Sidney and Lynn? <laughs> well, those in the Republican Party I know Party you do, but... Who are not fighting like that, maybe... Rhinos. Should question exactly. Should question where their allegiance is, whether it is to the Constitution and to the Republic, or is it to um, some other um, aspect of whatever they're involved in? And you know that's that's the difference between conservatives and and non-conservative Republicans. Yeah, and just a reminder also that Eddie Munster, Paul Ryan, is part of the reasons that we're in all of this mess. You're listening to Brook Talks America. I'm here with Colonel Jim. We'll be right back. More Brook Talks America coming up. A candy maker in Indiana wanted to produce a candy that would be a witness, so he made the Christmas candy cane. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, the candy maker began with a stick of pure white hard candy to symbolize the virgin birth and sinless nature of Jesus. The candy maker made the candy in the form of a J to represent the name of Jesus who came to earth as our Savior. It also represented the staff of the Good Shepherd, who reaches down into the ditches of the world to lift out the fallen lambs that have gone astray. Realizing his candy was very plain, the candy maker stained it with red stripes to symbolize the scourging Jesus received by which we are all healed. The large red stripe was for the blood shed by Jesus on the cross so that we could have the promise of eternal life. Unfortunately, the candy became known only as a candy cane, a meaningless decoration seen at Christmas time. But the meaning is still there for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. I pray that this symbol will again be used to witness the wonder of Jesus and His great love that came down to us remain the ultimate and dominant force in the universe today and forever. 
Merry Christmas, and may God bless everyone. I'm Ron Edwards. Please check out theronedwards.com. Welcome back to Brook Talks America. Visit on Facebook. Search Brook Talks. And now, your host, Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim. And that was an excellent Edwards Notebook with by Ron Edwards. Very, in, very nice story. I've heard that before. Uh, this show is brought to you by... 656 Corp. It is a hot sauce company, locally made, 100% veteran owned. You can check out their website. Make sure that you tell them that Brooke sent you, 656corp.com. So as I mentioned before, and back here with Colonel Jim, as I mentioned before, uh, CNN, which I just find kind of interesting that they were talking about this at all. They must be... You have to know that when you see something, I always say this, when you see something on the surface, there has to be a lot going on behind the scenes. They have covered all the bases. This thing was war gamed out. You can look at Glenn Beck's video. He did a whole thing on this. They war gamed the entire thing out, every single bit of it, right? The fact that they're talking about this, that they're sort of softening the blow and letting their, you know, brown shirts know about this, I think is very interesting. But um, also, so the... Green Party in 2016, Green Party candidate Jill. This is very interesting. Jill Stein won a groundbreaking case. It gives the campaign the right to examine voting machine source code. I guarantee you, the Trump campaign knows about this, and they will be looking at this. Also, so um, you know, in other campaign-related news, the Taliban said that, of course, because they love this, they love war, the the establishment, the neocons and the people that support Biden, war with America will resume if Biden undoes the Trump peace deal. Just know, okay, they want war. They're not going to send their own children to fight it. They want to send your children. They want to make all the money. They don't care about you. They don't care about the country. This is another very important part of the whole thing that's going on on social media. You can't talk about two things. You can't talk anything about the coronavirus, questioning the lockdowns, and you cannot question, you couldn't question Hunter Biden and the laptop from hell, right, because you were shut down. Also, you can't question Joe Biden and the election. One of the things, um, you know, people have been been shut down for one and deplatformed. Trump tweeted out to call uh, for Section 230 to be repealed as parlor CEO says Facebook and Twitter are not neutral actors like duh. Okay, so that needs to be done. I'm not really sure why it hasn't been done already and why the Republicans haven't put it on. We talked about Josh Hawley, but it should be put forth and mandated, and they should be talking about that all day long. Another little thing related to General Flynn, and I think that this will be incredible because hopefully it will permit for very widespread discovery, is that Carter Page has sued Comey, McCabe, Strzok, Page, the DOJ, and other others behind the FISA abuse for $75 million. This is one of the reasons I believe that CNN and... Um, I think it was Washington Post, settled with Nick Sandman. They settled instead of going to court. It's not so much the trial, it's the discovery. You can find all kind of stuff when you peek under the rocks that they never want you to find. So that will be very interesting. So, Jim, I just want to play these a couple clips about Trump and they were asking him about conceding. This is one on him conceding. I don't know 
what is going to happen. I know one thing, Joe Biden did not get 80 million votes. It's going to be a very hard thing to concede because we know there was massive fraud. And you got to think about this, okay? So Trump has, what, 55,000 people? I think it was in Michigan in one one place in Michigan or Wisconsin. I don't remember the state, okay? And Joe Biden couldn't get 20 people beyond his own staffers in the silly circles. And he's supposed to have 80 million votes. He's supposed to have more votes than the first half-black president, Barack Obama. Isn't there anybody that thinks just maybe, possibly, that's completely insane and never actually happened? What do you think, Jim? (laughs) Well, being a Republican Party county chairman, I also look at votes in counties. And when Joe Biden loses 165 more counties than the first black president, one has to wonder where are the votes coming from. And I had a debate with a rhino liberal a week or so ago about it, and they tried to justify, well, it's because Joe Biden got more votes in the bigger, more Democratic counties. And I said, well, that still doesn't answer the argument with how he did it over what Barack Obama did. So their logic does not apply. You have to apply the real numbers. And what we're seeing is, as you said, Joe Biden didn't get 80 million votes, as the president said, he didn't get 80 million votes, and he did it with fewer counties. The The numbers just aren't adding up, and I think this is where uh, the Sidney Powells and the and the Lynn Woods and the Rudy Giuliani's will um, come, come forward and be able to present that evidence to where, whether they're judges or state legislatures, are going to realize what really happened. And the whistleblowers. And not only that, but think about this. So they... The Republicans didn't lose a single seat, and they flipped, I think, 13 seats so far. I think there are four that are still outstanding. So you mean to tell me, okay, so Joe Biden, who doesn't even know where he is, right, he wins because they just want, they don't want Trump. You know, they want, like Ann Coulter, who's just completely lost her mind. She says America wants Trumpism without Trump. Okay, you want all of the Republican policies. You want to ha- have 13 new Republican people in Congress. You want to have the Senate, but you don't want Trump. And you want the person who has aligned with Comrade Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Bernie Sanders, Rashida Tlaib, who has some of the most radical, radical people affiliated with him, including a guy who wants to, I can't remember his name, a guy who wants to open the borders and do DACA for people that are 31 years old, and you really think that people voted for them, for him instead of Trump? It's just not possible, and it doesn't, it's not even logical to any degree whatsoever. But this is my favorite. This is Big Papa finally throwing down in a really aggressive way on these hyenas, these ridiculous people in the media who should all be just, they, you know, we have to have freedom of the press, but they're absolutely ridiculous. And here's how he slapped them down. And I love it. Between you people, don't answer, don't talk to me that way. You're just a, you're just a lightweight. Don't talk to me that way. Don't talk to, I'm the president of the United States. Don't ever talk to the president that way. Get him, Trump. I love it. You're listening to Brook Talks America. I'm here with Colonel Jim, and we will be right back. More Brook Talks America coming up.
Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect by Twitter at Talks America. Here's Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm here with Colonel Jim. I just want to mention a couple things before we get into some stuff that Jim is going to talk about. So in L.A., you know, they were trying to they've they've taken every other holiday. All the liberals are trying to take Thanksgiving and Christmas. Edison Power cuts off home power to 8000 homes in Southern California on Thanksgiving on the pretense of preventing fires. Yeah, not quite. It's you got to stop electing Democrats. And even the, you know, Trump tweeted out about the restaurant industry. Even there was a chef that came out and said, basically, they're just trying to shut down the the uh, industry. And Trump, uh, Pope Francis criticizes groups protesting the coronavirus lockdowns. Zip it, Frank. We don't want to hear from you. We don't care. Music legends Van Morrison and Eric Clapton team for anti-lockdown th- Uh, anthem and john hopkins study mysteriously disappeared after it's revealed in spite of coronavirus there are no more deaths in 2020 than in previous years so enjoy your coronavirus people as i've said the whole time as colonel jim has said it's a pandemic the virus is real but all the rest of it is fake so go ahead jim and that and that's a good point and i just want to make a comment for about 30 seconds because of the pandemic and because of all the restrictions they're putting on people, and it's not just L.A. and California, it's New York, and we've seen yeah, it's all the stuff that they're doing. They're trying to take away Thanksgiving. They're trying to take away Christmas. Wait till, wait till Christmas comes. Just imagine the things they're going to be doing about family gatherings. People and need friend- to fight back. I'm sorry. A- absolutely. Okay. And I think that's playing out here because, you know, in 2018, we lost the U.S. House. Um, the Democrats took it. Well, guess what? As you kind of mentioned. Well, remember, like 40, 40, 50 Republicans retired because they're punks and because they threw the House to try to get Trump out. But go ahead. We weren't supposed to get the House back until 2022. We're within four right now as this election drama plays out. And right now, there are eight there are eight races where Republicans are leading. Wow. Um, There's two in California, one in Iowa and five in New York. Wow. Where Republicans are leading, and they could take those races. There's some contested races, um, one in Pennsylvania, where depending on how it goes, the, the Republicans can take that one. Sean Parnell, a veteran, lost. He's he's contesting um, the uh, absentee ballot vote counting on how that was done in Pennsylvania. So in the end, a lot of people, I'm here to tell you, if they voted for Trump, they down-balloted voted for the Republicans. Of and course. this could come out a lot more in the end. So more more to follow on this, and we'll be talking about that over the next couple of weeks. Um, going into some national security, international uh, things that have played out, of course, as you said, the election has been front and center, and we haven't seen too much going on. Well, um, you heard about uh, the CIA, and it was a contractor, not a CIA officer who was killed in Somalia, happened on November 17th was hit with an IED as part of the U.S. contingent there, 54-year-old Navy, former Navy SEAL, former member of SEAL Team 6, who was working as a contractor for the CIA's paramilitary unit in their fight against uh, radical Islamic terrorism. Uh, it appears this was a result of a... Uh, Are you sure that Ilhan Omar wasn't there? Uh, Just say <laughs> You know, who knows? 
Uh, it was her brother. It was her or brother. Her, or her brother or, 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 or a relative. Who knows? Yeah. They're the same, you know, the brother and the husband are absolutely, the same. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> um, you know, we've had a uh, decade-long insurgency going on in Somalia, actually been multiple decades. Uh-huh. And he was part of the oper- part of the unit doing work there. Um, Trump is, is, is really uh, ramped up on this. Um, you know, we have 700 U.S. military members uh, working the counterterrorism effort in uh, covert and clandestine operations in Somalia. Uh, Trump said by the end of uh, December, early January, he wants to have all the 700 U.S. military and or um, contractors out of Somalia. The other big news we saw, and it kind of got buried away on Friday, the lead scientist for Iran's nuclear program was assassinated outside Tehran. Um, this is a big story because the question that comes to mind, who who did this? Who was behind it? Um, the Iranians came out and said it was Israel, naturally. Uh, but Israel has done things like this in the past. Basically, what they do is when they see uh, a, a degree of success in their program or the Iranians are getting a little bit too close, acceleration, some t- somehow people disappear or people <laughs> people get assassinated on the streets of, of Iran, those who are involved. Um, the real thing that really irked me on this was immediately – former CIA director under Barack Obama, John Brennan, came out and condemned the assassination of this guy, saying that this would result in future regional wars. Gee, isn't that what that administration liked, you know, ongoing future regional wars? So, you know, Brennan... Yeah, Brennan is mad, mad, mad. He's mad. But, you know, rather than just be quiet about... That's because he's Shia. Yeah, I said it. I said it out loud. I said it. Get over it. So... You know, Brennan's upset that this guy was assassinated because, you know, they looked at it as, you know, an opportunity for down the road uh, future work with them. You know, more more pallets of billions of dollars going to Iran to keep the program growing. So, you know, that was what happened there. Um, I believe it was it was a necessary cause. And and it's one of those things that will that will play out. the big thing, the other big thing, uh, national security wise, that we we saw happening was the removal of a number of policy yes. advisors to the Pentagon. Oh, they're mad about that. They're too. mad about that too. And you know, this is you know, I didn't, I was, I follow this stuff pretty closely, but I didn't, I knew Madeleine Albright was involved. I didn't realize Henry Kissinger, who's in his nineties, was still on this policy advisory board. Um, they're, they're oh, thank all, God he's out. He's such a neocon. They're neocons. They're rhinos. War they're mongers. warmongers. They uh, they don't need to be there. A lot of people are looking at it from the standpoint: is this a a move Trump made as kind of a hint to them, like I'm not going, I'm not going anywhere. I'm still going to be the president in for my second term, and this is a move that needed to be made. He's been working uh, to clean out the Pentagon from the the remaining uh, rhinos and neocons that are there. So he's putting his stamp on this, letting them know, hey, I'm still involved and I'm still making uh, the necessary moves to make 
uh, our government better. Well, and hopefully, you know, we do get the second term and that swamp gets drained out so that it's like an inch thick because that th- there is lots that needs to be done still. And he needs to get he needs to hire me and you to work in his administration because he needs loyalists there and people that really want to drain the swamp. You're listening to Brook Talks America. I'm here with Colonel Jim. We're on AM860 Salem Media Group. Make sure you listen to us every Saturday at 7 p.m. on the station. Check out the Facebook, Twitter. I'm on Parlor now, at Brooks Says. Check out the website. All my articles are on there. Jim will be putting his articles on there. Listen, everybody needs to get involved, okay? If you can make calls, if you can donate, I say donate directly to the campaign. But it's going to have to start locally. Everybody needs to get involved. We are trying to turn around the Titanic. It's not easy. It's not quick, but it needs to be done. We need to save this republic, and we cannot lose those seats. The Reverend Jeremiah Wright pales in comparison to the guy that's running in Georgia, and Ossoff is affiliated with Al Jazeera and the Chinese Communist Party. We cannot have them in Georgia. We need to save this Republican republic. Pray for Trump. Pray for Sidney Powell. She's getting threats. We will see you next week. God bless America. You've been listening to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke Says. Connect by email, info at brooktalksamerica.com. By Twitter, at Talks America. And listen next Saturday night for more Brooke Talks America on AM 860, The Answer.